Hello and welcome to Keep You Posted. Today is Sunday, June 21st, 2020. My name is Hannah Trav. I'm a comedian, law student, and lately my cat will not hang out with me. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm joined as always by my friend and producer, Ross Wiseman. Welcome, Ross. Hello. I got to hang out with my parents' dog this past weekend. So uh, I got a lot of attention. So I'm feeling pretty good in terms of pet interaction. That's great. What kind of dog is it? A cockapoo. I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds very cute. Um, Hell yeah. Well, I think that my cat will come around. But anyway. Let's jump into it. The news is wild. I don't know if you guys heard this. I just heard this before we recorded um, that apparently after President Trump's rally was like very poorly attended, there are a bunch of young teens on Twitter, no, on TikTok, and then K-pop fans on Twitter that like reserved a bunch of tickets and may have messed up the numbers. And wow, um, that is the coolest sentence I've ever said. Uh, Teens are terrifying. And also, they get shit done. So, thank you, teens. Um, please stop bullying me on the subway. Okay. <laughs> By the way, everybody, uh, just remember, I know states are moving into the green zones, but COVID is a thing, so maybe wear masks. And thank you. Not you maybe. A hundred percent wear a mask. Oh, I know. Definitely do that. I was saying it in like a, so maybe you could just like wear a mask kind of way I wasn't trying to be like maybe trying to make it sound like oh it's my idea to wear the mask yeah maybe just like you could wear a mask Thanks. yeah make That's- like Jim Carrey and wear a mask <laughs> okay uh yeah and thank you to all healthcare workers and essential employees out there I'm very grateful to you also uh just a reminder that black lives matter please listen to our two past episodes to hear more about um, black voices and what's happening. And just remember guys, this is not like a fad. We need to keep donating and protesting and fighting and white people get real with yourselves, check your hearts, have tough conversations, have dialogues. We'll definitely be talking about it more on this podcast. But for today's episode, we are celebrating Pride Month. Yay! Hooray! Pride. And to do so, we've brought on two of my favorite people ever, ever, Michael Kelly and Alejandro Morales. Hello, guys. Hey. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride to you and yours. Thank you. Um, yeah, so how have you guys been doing this month? How have you celebrated? I know, like, obviously COVID is putting a damper, but have you done anything to celebrate? No. <laughs> well, consider it here and now. Uh, I like to think so that tell every- me about how. Yeah, go ahead. I was like, I like to think that every day is Pride Day, and that I can kind of just insert whatever into the situation I am living in, <laughs> and it can just be that you're doing it as a proud gay man. Yeah, I'm gay through all the stuff that I do with <laughs> only in my home. When I'm That's doing the dishes, I'm very gay. Proud. You're On what? Walk. Proud at the CVS, courageous. <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. My bad. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, I, I'm now envisioning both of you at CVS 
proudly proudly gay just gain it up at cvs proudly in the hair product aisle i would be very proudly jealous of <laughs> so there you have it that's gay pride at the cvs uh as we are one to do now these days uh, well i guess like usually people do usually there's the big celebration downtown so i didn't know if there were other types of like are there virtual things going on or what what is what do you guys like about this is like sounds like a dumb question but like what do you like about pride month what is like a thing you like to do is it like a remembrance thing like a yeah, I think it's like, for me, it's, up, it's an opportunity to reflect on community and remember that we are part of a community. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, uh, you know, in the, in the late 90s, you know, I, I was in upstate New York and there weren't a lot of queer people around. So if mm -hmm. I met a queer person or if I was in the same room as a queer person, it would be like, oh my God, they understand mm -hmm. what it's like to be me. Oh my God, we're in this community together. Wow, 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 wow. And now, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, 20 years later, uh, you know, you walk into a room and another gay person is there and you're like, I'm going to destroy you. Are you going to get in my way? Because mm. I will end it. <laughs> I, think, I think, I think sometimes we forget in this, you know, hyper capitalist competitive society that we're mm. not in each other's way that we're supposed to be looking out for one another. I like yeah, that. I, yeah, I share a, a similar sentiment where it's nice to kind of reflect on community and to think about like history and, and um, you know, how much has happened in such a short amount of time as far as gay rights and what mm -hmm. still needs to happen um, in those movements. And also, you know, looking closer at the community and seeing where we are making sure that like all the voices of our community are being heard. And I think that's like a really you know, it's it, it's good that you know with the climate of what's happening right now that we're having even more in depth discussions and mm -hmm. and talking about you know if not even in the nineteen sixties if you were out gay you would have been added to some of the socialist scare lists that was going on in that period of time isn't that wild yeah like <laughs> you're gay you're a socialist and I mean they're right ends <laughs> <laughs> the rules. Um, I mean, it's one of the things why the Stonewall Uprising, which is where Pride takes its history, comes mm -hmm. from. Um, one of the many, 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 many injustices happening to, you know, all of the movements that were happening in the 60s. Yeah. And you were saying before we started recording that um, that was mostly, we were talking about the Trump rally and you were saying Stonewall was like young people in the community. Um, yeah. do you, will you tell, will you guys talk a little bit about that? Sure, Alejandro. For those who don't know. <laughs> yeah, sure. Alejandro. <laughs> Alejandro. <laughs> Here we go. There was a brick. It was thrown and it was thrown hard. Who threw it? Someone young with a strong arm. Well, the thing is, it's actually interesting. There's like, I'm, I'm actually reading a book right now about Stonewall and there is so much that just isn't known at all. Like uh, right. there are different accounts as to who threw that first uh, item, whether it is a brick, whether if it was a, a glass uh, of some kind, whether it was just like a rock outside. Um, some people said that it was uh, trans women of color. Other people say that it was butch lesbians. Uh, there was like a bad Roman Emmerich movie where it was like a bunch of like white twink guys that threw all this stuff and started uh, the riot. But uh, yeah, it's like, it was definitely this monumentous occasion and kind of like um, for those of you who don't know, Stonewall was uh, a bar that was run by the mafia because uh, the mafia 
would just kind of fix up these crappy little places and then uh on uh, like make queer people pay like extortion money almost to them uh for right. no the um fat tony i believe is the man who owned the stone wall wait and isn't that the guy from the simpsons what isn't fat tony from the simpsons well, it's not an imaginative like <laughs> yeah, i'm sure the simpsons also probably, a lot of places. this was the 60s which actually is the very small amount of time that predates the simpsons at wow this point, uh on in 2020 <laughs> if we're going you know looking at the thing uh yeah and there was a lot of other things going on in the building at the time like there was um sex workers on the second floor and uh the third floor was a lot of racketeering and then also mm-hmm. a lot of drugs that were coming through at the time and a lot of um, opioids uh, that were popular in those days. And uh, that's also where we can tie roots back to gay culture with um, addiction. And, um, Mm. you know, that's, but that's a whole other tread to go down. Um, But yeah, it was, and that's why they were raided all the time. Like it was nothing new for that bar or any of the bars Mm -hmm. um, on Christopher Street to get raided because, you know, the mafia was running some illegal stuff and they were coming in for their handouts and um you know uh and then then legislation was also a period of time where people were being heavily policed there was a lot of very arbitrary legislation going mm-hmm. on from the mayor of new york at the time um it was actually illegal to serve gay people alcohol and um they couldn't quite make it illegal to be gay but they made it really hard for people to be gay in the especially in the 60s um the whole yeah. run. Like they used really vague language, like if a man doesn't act manly, or like where's a tie traditional, like little things like that, where it's so coded and kind of um, at the discretion of whoever is running the establishment. Right. So it's like if a group of gay people went to any restaurant in New York City and they served alcohol there, they were always asked to leave um, because the the um, the city could take away their liquor license for serving gay people. Like it was. They outlawed mm-hmm. sodomy at the time. Like there was a lot of laws in place that sort of made life really hard. You know, as as the government is wont to do, um, <laughs> puts yeah. a lot of legislation around things to make people's lives harder. And um, and that's what's really important about Stonewall and 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 Kitty Genovese, um, for whom we have nine one one. That happened within a couple of years of the Stonewall uprising. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why Stonewall needed to happen um because the police were a mess in that period of time and uh they would just arrest there was arrest the police were a mess in that period of time (laughs) well you know (laughs) you guys can't see the face i'm making it's lost on it's lost on the podcast but i'm making a very big like huh face (laughs) well as ross mentioned like the arbitrary rules like you had to wear in these clubs like you couldn't stand too close to someone of the same gender um and then you had to wear minimum of three articles of clothing assigned to your gender otherwise they could you know give you a hard time ask for your id and then that was really you know much against the trans community because you know if they weren't wearing um you know enough if they would take out their ids and the id has like you know uh, a male information on it they would see that and then arrest the person for being in the wrong gendered clothing Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because we're at this crazy time in the world. And like you said, just about like this needed to happen, like I the Stonewall needed to happen. Like, that's what I feel like we're living through now. And so I think it's good to like look back and remember how changes were made. I mean, think about 
in the last 10 years in America, what, I mean, just the other day, there was a landmark ruling by the Supreme Court. Honestly, there's a lot of things, bad shit happening, and that Supreme Court is by far a shitty one. But that was a cool moment, you know? Like, we've seen things like that in in our lifetime, and... It's- yeah, I mean, really, the past 10, 12 years or so, like, with the marriage equality, and it kind of mm-hmm. goes to show with what's happening now that, like, all of this is just the beginning, and it's from people that speak up constantly, that are constantly mm-hmm. reminding and keeping all of this at the front of our minds. That's how change happens. Mm-hmm. Anyone jump in? We're just chatting, you know. I feel like as a straight woman, I'm like, these are all my thoughts on this. And I'm trying to listen more. It's honestly really nice to learn about this. I did, I feel like I had heard of Stonewall long before I actually educated myself on it, which is- There's also a lot of floating around information that has cobbled together. I mean, here's the trouble with history and keeping track of it is there's like an idea, I think among all people that there's one specific person who's just keeping track of all of these things. In reality, it takes like a you know a community to kind of fill in the pieces of things that we don't see within our own history and remember. And I mean, you know, with a lot of things that are going on right now, it, you know, the reminders are being put out that it was you know there's a riot, uh, or that pri- the first part was a riot. It was also it it it, uh, it went on for nights, like it would happen mm-hmm. every single night from that point on for like at least several days, and yeah. then um, the Advocate, I believe it's called, like which was the first one of the first like gay newspapers that was speaking about these things. And, and that's why we remember Stonewall so much. It was publicized. They had an audience of like 68,000 people. Damn. And, um, and then a year later, they were like one of the major components of having the pride parade to honor the Christopher street freedom parade to honor what happened mm-hmm. at Stonewall. Yeah. It's, it's great to hear like where we, where things came from and now we're in the, the present day and, and you guys have both, attended pride you guys have all attended pride what are some of the experiences you've had with pride in the past that you're like missing out this year or just that are memorable for you or i uh i used to work at a gay nightclub uh between new york city and albany new york mm-hmm. uh, it was like one of the only gay bars or gay nightclubs uh between albany and new york city um so i was the doorman there and then uh, one summer i got to attend uh, the Pride Parade in New York City on a float that was sponsored oh. by this nightclub. Yeah, um, but everybody on the float uh, got trashed by noon before we even hit the parade. <laughs> <laughs> everybody just ended up smoking cigarettes and sitting on the side of their float when we got to like Midtown Manhattan, the most populous part of the parade where just m- hundreds of thousands of people, you know, have an amazing time and then everybody on my float was just sitting and watching the parade from the parade. That's so funny. Oh my God. How many people were on the float? Um, there were like t- less than 20 of us. That seems like a lot. How big are these floats? I haven't oh, watched a parade in They're like the size of like a truck bed. It's like a, like a, like a hayride. At least. Oh, that's, that's More a like lot a of gay ride. Ah, hey. Thank you. <laughs> hayride. <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's so cool. Have you gone to the New York City one ever not on a float or once you go on a float uh, you're like no I can't downgrade from a float 
I don't know. I, I went to New York City Pride, I think maybe the year before. Mm. I lived in New York City uh, because I, I worked at the Oscar Wilde Bookshop, which uh, had been the oldest le uh, gay and lesbian bookshop in the world until uh, earlier this century uh, when it closed and was supplanted by uh, Giovanni's room. Um, so that summer I worked, I, I worked uh, a little uh, booth or something for, for the Oscar Wilde Bookshop over on the side of the parade. So that I got to hang out in the West Village that day. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. How about you, Michael? Oh man, I, I think the first time I ever actually like, attended or understood like there, like a pride existed, I think I was like maybe 15 or 16. I can't remember. I think I had my own car and I remember, I think I was like 16 or so, yeah, like 16. I definitely was driving and uh, I, I knew that I was gay, but I didn't really quite know how to like wrap my brain around it at that point. You know, I was kind of, mm -hmm going back and forth with like, I'm like, oh, am I bi? Is this nothing? Is, you know, I, yeah. as, as many people, <laughs> gay people, especially, uh, you know, have do at that age. And a friend of mine's boyfriend, he had two moms. And I'd never really known any other gay people in my life. Like I'd never encountered them anywhere. I think there was like one coffee shop downtown that like a gay guy worked at. And that was like the only person I ever met who was gay. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I met them and then we all went to Pride and like, I didn't even like express that of myself at that point yet. Like I wasn't quite yeah. ready to deal with it, but it was just like interesting cause it's like, oh wow, this is like a real thing that exists. It's not like, you know, I don't even know what I think I thought it was at that point in my life. Wait, how old were you? Like 15 or 16? 15 or 16, yeah. I mean, like, it's like, I never really saw, well, especially cause I was like a weirdo kid. So I never really saw like myself in gay culture. But then kind of being exposed to more gay people and seeing more of just like what I kind of saw on, you know, what very little I saw on television. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 94 wasn't, 95 wasn't like a great time for gay people to be on TV. I mean, yeah. you know, Ellen's whole career went up in what, what year was that? That was... That was the yeah. late 90s. Like that was late 90s, right? Mid-late mid 90s. I forget exactly. Yeah, it was like 98 or something. I was just like talking to someone about this. I'm trying to remember. Let me see. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, um, but anyway, to continue what you were saying. But that was the thing. Like, you know, she came out, she was on the, you know, and, and that was like pretty much my exposure. Um, oh, I remember on The Real World MTV seeing Pedro Zamora in season three. And I thought that was actually very eye-opening because it was the first gay person I ever saw that wasn't some sort of cartooned asexual being. Mm -hmm. Ross, do you have any pride stories? Um. Not a whole lot. I mean, I, w I was in a similar place that Michael was and that like the I mean, I I mean, I came out relatively recently compared to the two of you. I came out uh, in 2017. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I came out in 2017 as gay after living for like four years with like the bi label just because I was like, oh, I a lot of the people on TV and in movies still like weren't really clicking uh like as like the type of gay that makes sense for me like I mean I had experienced like Scrubs which is still one of my favorite shows but it's just like boy oh boy some of the gay jokes really age poorly uh like yeah. most gay jokes on sitcoms from all time <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, actually, last year was the uh, first time that I really, like, went full force at Pride. Like, I was living in the city full-time, finally. Like, 
uh, I was out. Um, people invited me to march in the parade. I got very sunburnt. I got drunk. Mm. And it was like, sure, like you can play up and it's fun. Like pride is fun for that reason of like drinking in public, kind of being around a lot of people, uh, the exact polar opposite of 2020. Um, <laughs> like it's still, it still felt cool to be like wearing something rainbow that I got at a department store and like the whole city shutting down which I mean even 20 years ago that like it would feel different like I couldn't go to Target to get like a pride tank top um yeah and and I mean even with everything happening right now with the Black Lives Matters protest I like it started really clicking in my head about um pride and having it be a a cop free space like uh I always thought like oh I'm I want to feel safe and like in case somebody is causing shit that okay there is a police officer but with all the things that we've seen this year it's pretty clear that like unless I'm a TD bank uh the cops probably aren't going to do a whole lot except maybe just like break us mm-hmm. up and I might even get booked for like egging someone on accidentally. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you guys, did you guys go to Philly Pride last year, everyone? Yeah. Probably. I think so. Probably. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, probably all hundred. Did we go together? I think we went together. Oh yeah, we did. We went with, um, with our friend Sarah Bell. Nice. Yeah, to the waterfront. Well, we waited forever. It's, see, it's like pride has become, and which is, you know, good and bad i guess uh is is a huge thing now on penn's landing and i don't even think we got into pride Mm. Uh, it's funny it's like i don't go to as many for this very reason like we couldn't like it took there was a huge line it was very expensive to get in and then we went to the gayborhood to go get drinks at a gay bar for pride and everything was so packed and it was like just hard to do anything i'm like this is so not fun this is why everyone's drinking on the street um, <laughs> I remember my lift home was so expensive, and I don't, I didn't live that far from the neighborhood, but just like you may as well. Have. Yeah, seriously. What is this? A flight? <laughs> <laughs> These rates are homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> this is a homophobic surge. <laughs> I think it's great. Though. I, I like to see the season take on a more revolutionary tilt. Mm. Uh, definitely was something that disappointed me in in the past years seeing so many banks uh and alcohol just banks and alcohol companies at pride and i was like is that what is that what this is about now Mm. and uh, so you know it it, it's a sack you know it's in a sense it's a sacrifice not to be out partying drinking but in the sense i like having a more somber series Mm. you know a politically minded approach because then again it, it reminds us of where we're coming from today they had a um uh, a queer march at uh at Love Park. So instead of having oh. a big like a uh, like an you know an, uh, an official Philly Pride event, they they're using that uh that platform to to speak out over the the ongoing uh, conversation that we're having with BLM. Yeah, and that's it's awesome. I I don't even really miss like all of like the crazy parties and stuff from last year. Like, sure, I miss seeing some of my friends and being with them and celebrating but i i kind of agree with you alejandro like this year has been a very welcome change and more of like a like a rude awakening of like oh yeah we have to remember this was 51 years ago mm-hmm. and 
even still, there's a long way to go for a lot of us. And uh, it's also been interesting seeing like infighting within different queer communities of like, where do we stand on uh, these different issues? Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's a really good point, Alejandro. I was actually saying to someone the other day that I feel like I'm grateful that this stuff is happening right now where there's no stand-up comedy or like a lack thereof as, I mean, I think some people are doing stand-up, but I kind of feel like it's like, <laughs> there's like, I saw like a show happen in Delaware and I was like, ah, it's back. Um, but I just think that some of the stuff that's happening, people would be like, I think about, for example, after the 2016 election, people were trying to, as comics do, like work out their feelings on stage, right? And I just feel like this has been, this stuff has all been happening and there's not that like immediate, because the working out your feelings on stage is good for some, like there's some people who I want to hear them do that and there's some people who I don't. And so, or I don't want to be making light of something. So I think that that's a really good point is like, it's not that there, we don't want, it's not that I don't want comedy or parties. Okay. <laughs> Let the record show I'm very pro stand-up comedy and I'm very pro partying and drinking. However, I agree that maybe it's good to be forced to kind of like reconcile. Also, the combination of these two movements is huge. I mean, we are seeing black trans women being killed and it's like, what, how is this, like, th this is everyone's issue. This is everyone's thing to fight for, you know? Like everybody is connected in this way that we need to be protecting people and looking out for people, you know? Well, it's interesting because it's like gay, like, you know, the gay identity and the gay rights movement is such a, it covers such an expanse of all of these other sort of yeah. smaller, you know, factions of like, you know, if we just take the, the big word gay and then stem everything off of it that's sort of like all of the other groups represented within that because you're, you know, you're weighing, you know, you have two people, let's take two people, like one's a homeless teenager and the other one is a hedge fund worker, but they're both bonded by this very one very specific thing, but otherwise live completely different mm -hmm. lives. And, and that's also what was great for Stonewall and, and piggyback, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, agreeing with Alejandro and what he was saying before of like, this situation sort of re-radicalized that people are getting more grassroots about their pride events and shows. Like mm -hmm. there are online drag shows and it's, you know, it's working alongside with the Black Lives Matter movements where there's a lot of mm -hmm. queens of color putting on shows and those are getting, you know, more attention and um, mm -hmm. creating more awareness. And, uh, you know, because it's ironic in a way that it's like, you know, it started off as this very radical movement. And then through the years, it kind of like sort of been, um, you know, like it, it was it needed to be more fa friend, family friendly. And it was sort of mm. slowly de-radicalized and then made more corporate. You know, it's like five corporations are like, oh, thank you, car company for this float and sponsoring this bar so that a bunch of hot people can gyrate in the sun, you know, drinking spiked seltzer. And I'm I here didn't know banks were there. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh. I mean, I was happy last year when I saw the Discover float because I had just gotten a Discover card. So I was like, hey, look at that. <laughs> I know you said TD Bank. I just, what, go ahead. I said, that's how they get you. Yeah, you said TD Bank and I, um, someone said that earlier, and I had recently had to switch banks because my identity was stolen. And wow, I wish they would steal some of my memories too. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, but I got, I switched to TD Bank. <laughs> you what? I wish they would men in black me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but I switched to TD Bank and I don't like it. So TD Bank, I liked when they were Commerce Bank because I think the color red is more fun for a bank than green. Green is okay, but that is the color of money after (laughs) red. (laughs) Maybe she's talking. When they were Commerce Bank, do you know if they had an ATM fee? Because it's out of control. Uh, PSA, don't get TD Bank. They charge you two or three dollars every time you use an ATM that's not theirs. So. Oh yeah, you know what? I remember that when I was abroad, and it was like cheaper for me just to like get money out of an ATM than like do conversion, but it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this I digress. Um, back to Pride. Back to no Pride for TD Bank. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you work for TV Bank and you like this podcast, and you're I'm, gay. Using, I'm banking with you because I don't have a choice. And you're gay. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. Well, it's interesting to see the, the varied corporate presence than wasn't there before. But, you know, I remember like when I would go to back when we could touch things and I'd go to an ATM. Um, <laughs> Ooh, touch things. And it would, yeah, remember, remember that stuff? Wild stuff it was. Um, mm-hmm. And it would wait, like, I remember, like, getting my, my card back, and it's like, happy Pride Month, and I'm like, oh, F off, you've, like, charged me fees for overdrawing my account <laughs> to gay bar when I was 25, so you're high, <laughs> I'll never forgive you for that, that microaggression. <laughs> this was homophobic $14.99 overdraft fee. Jeez. New York's expensive, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's outrageous. My Actually, that's outrageous. Know, speaking of, like, uh, you know, like, uh, just pride and especially (laughs) i wish and speaking of like how um different organizations and stuff have kind of pivoted for both like blm and pride um grinder recently announced that they were getting rid of like race-based searching so like you can't search for a specific race anymore which is a weird thing that was on the app uh in 2020 say that again 2020 yep (laughs) <laughs> Perfect vision. And uh, the gay subreddit was blowing up with controversy over it. What was it saying? Um, there, I mean, you guys can also uh, speak to this, but in the, in the gay community, sometimes there is like um, racism that's framed in uh, just sexual preferences that people are like, oh, like I, like I'm not racist or anything. It's just I'm attracted to this race, or I'm not attracted to people of this race, and uh, it's a very weird and gross thing that is just kind of like pushed to the side and not really talked about that much in the gay community. So you guys, I don't know about that. I mean, it makes sense logically. I, I'm a straight person. People say that. Unlike hookup apps or dating apps that were like no fats, no femmes, no Asians, uh, whites only, and like, and then people would get very defensive and just be like, just like Ross said, like, oh, it's just a preference, it's just a preference, mm-hmm. and, and there's a real unwilling unwillingness on some people's parts to to interrogate why they feel yeah. that way, and or how- even like fetishizing certain races over another, which is like a different type of like gross to like read and try to humanizing yeah. sort of yeah. like fetishizing races is is wrong uh you know in case anyone listening is wondering this is wrong and we don't do it uh you hear that td bank <laughs> <You hear> that? <laughs> uh, stop it now um 
but no that's a huge problem that's been going on for a long time like going back to like the craigslist ad days before there were apps mm. where people could just like hook up and it would you know as Alejandro said you know no fats no femmes no asians and then you know wanting fit guys and 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 then the the backlashes they're like well it's my preference it doesn't mean that i don't like black people it's i'm just not sexually attracted to black people and don't realize what like mm. you know like well not all black people are the same like right and uh and yeah. don't see the racial implications behind it and it's like well your preference is probably also being guided by prejudices that you you know carry you know yeah. um because you're generalizing one type of way to you know what i mean like people everyone looks different dresses different has different styles and tastes yeah and comes back to their culture or not you know is all kind of relative to their experience so to like identify a group of people of any sort and just being like i'm just not attracted to that it's like okay well that's what we call yeah. big and uh why we're here it's not like <laughs> being tall you can't be like oh i like tall people that's like race is totally like you're saying totally different people that's that's really interesting i don't know if i've ever seen anything like that on a straight app actually i haven't because i would have like been well, I also, I mean, Grinder is so much different than any other. Oh, I know. Straight yeah, yeah, dating because yeah. it like, sure, like you can almost more subconsciously do it because you're just swiping left and right on random people, and who know, like you can definitely have your own biases and racism come out in that as you just like, oh, yeah. it turns out I swiped left on every like Hispanic person or something. If like you want that. No, but I mean like reading the bios, I'm saying. Yeah, I've oh yeah. Well they, they don't bio. need to be they don't need to be as overt about it, except just like um, like office quotes or whatever, and you'll be like, ooh, swipe left on that. But uh because right, yeah. it's not it's not okay to say it, right? It's not okay to say I have this preference, but many people still act act on it, you know, so ah. much more a creeping weed of 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 a racism, you know, and definitely in the gay community, there's there's a lot to be addressed in Philadelphia, even you know, Philadelphia has mm -hmm. had issues mm -hmm. with with racism in the gay community. You know, they used to have uh, racist uh, policies at the door as far as uh, dress codes, which were mm -hmm. really kind of aimed at the at the black community. Uh, so I mean, you know, everybody's got to take a look at, at their own house. And yeah. Right yeah. Um, I feel like. That makes sense. That makes more sense that they weren't directly putting them in their bio, by the way. I thought for some reason you were saying that. But um, but in thinking about it, I've never used a straight app where I think you can search by race. So that's good they're getting rid of it. I feel like it's... Yeah, it is, it is good. They should never... Yeah, when you think about it... never put it there in the first place like because it just encourages that dialogue yeah. that you need to be having. And, um, and especially because like Grindr, uh, in the beginning, like when they were first coming up and you look at the demographics using them, like typically more people of color used Grindr. Mm. And I don't know if it's because it was like kind of the original one, because like the next rival to that would be Scruff. But that was also geared towards in the beginning towards a very specific sort of like daddy, hairy, beardy guys, like mm -hmm. beard chasers and things. Um, but then it kind of evolved, you know, more into like, you know, like, like Grindr <laughs> felt more corporate then. Like then it's a kind of like shifted. Oh. Interesting how like sort of, because they have created new social dynamics to how gay people interact. Yeah, and you can search on the app, like just for context for people uh, on Grindr, like you can search for things like, uh, like, like sexual 
preferences so like uh either fetishes like uh like uh or communities like leather like twinks like daddies um you can search for people that are either tops or bottoms or an mm. in-between of both and so like like we were saying before like for years like all of these search filters were on the same level as race so mm. even if they didn't mean for that to happen people uh seemingly started uh, assuming race was on a similar level of like oh i i guess i'm into bdsm like i guess i'm into <laughs> just these people you know, that's and, fascinating and i think and i think all that also is like a consequences of the very very capitalist society that we live in that mm-hmm. everything everything becomes commodified and down mm-hmm. to the people that we're having sex with who are, again we were talking about this at the beginning of this podcast was remembering that we're in a community together and when you're commodifying people to the point of like, all right, well, I'm going to narrow down my search to this, just this product in a sense. Mm. And now I'm going to, you know, invest my time in, you know, and that's, and that's an ultimate dehumanization of, of another person who is a, a whole entire person in the community and who has worth outside of just what they offer as far as like a sexual object. Yeah. And I mean, how many relationships that have turned into like successful long ones or marriages from like the most minute like search terms on an app like that's not how you start a connection with somebody (laughs) i'm sure it does for somebody (laughs) yeah Uh, i'm sure a couple of somebody's i i I wager i mean it's interesting because it's like you know like kind of steering this back to like you know what why gay bars existed in the first place and now sort of these digital gay bars which are you know location-based dating apps um Mm. That was like, there were so few places for gay people to congregate, which is why they had to go to places like Stonewall. That was, you know, Stonewall had no running water. Um, it had absolutely no running water in order to clean the glasses for the alcohol because they weren't even supposed to be having alcohol there because it was illegal to serve gay people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had like one rinse bucket that they would rinse glasses. It was a COVID-19 nightmare. Uh, <sighs> basically just rinsing glasses in there. And then, you know, as time has evolved and technology's evolved, it's kind of, that's why they would say too that dating apps are killing the gay bars and like when we think about it culturally of just like this constant separatist sort of like you know uh, like the fact that like society kind of put us in these positions and then it's created new problems within mm-hmm. but again it's also like because queerness covers such a wide vast group of right. intersectional identities that it's hard to sort of I don't know, like self-police and <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Well, any closing thought? I love you guys and I'm so grateful for you sharing. And I'm so happy to celebrate Pride and learn about your guys' experiences. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Mm, just a bunch of men staring at me blankly. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's just like you're at a bar again. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess if I had to like say something wrapping up, it's like um, queer people have come such a long way in the past 51 years since Stonewall. Um, but now queer people have become mainstream. Like modern family is like, like a... a dusty old show that no one cares about anymore because like what was seen as revolutionary even 10 years ago is just like yeah the same old shit as always and uh as we become more like mainstream and accepted 
it's up to us to see communities that are in a position that we were in a while ago and help them out. Hmm. But also happy pride as well. Gentlemen, anything to add? Uh, Final yep. I think I would, I would add to that and just say, you know, the, the work isn't done, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, every pride is an opportunity to celebrate. And I think we should always celebrate that. Uh, but I think, you know, from here on out, you know, we should also devote as much energy to, uh, to, to taking a hard look at, at what we're doing as a community and how we can best serve everybody in that community. You know, just yeah. because two, you know, cisgender uh, gay guys can get married to each other doesn't mean that there aren't there isn't work to do and there aren't people to to address and and needs to fulfill in in our wonderful community for sure michael any thoughts uh i just want to say you know thank you to everyone who came before us and made movements to allow me to exist in a life that i live now which is you know i it's not you know there's a lot of a lot a lot a lot a lot of work to be done but you know it's I don't have to use a fake name. I'm not mm. at risk of losing my personally losing my job because I'm gay, and mm -hmm. you know I'm lucky to have you know people that are supportive and the people in comedy who have created you know uh, platforms for queer voices. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and and we need to you know remember how much work has happened, but remember how much work we still need to keep putting into you know all of the movements and. Uh, and I love you guys. Happy birthday. I love you guys. Love you guys. Yeah, yeah, I love this. Thank you guys so much for coming on and talking to us. Um, hey, we'll have on our website places you can donate for um, Pride, for Black Lives Matter. Just uh, like, let's celebrate these things in the ways that we can and um, stay safe, everybody. And now it's time for HT, HT, Hannah, Chavs, Hot Takes. Twinks. Oh. <laughs> That's right. I'm taking over the show today. Yeah, take over, Ross. It's us, Hannah's three twinks. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> happy Pride, everybody. HT3. <laughs> well, I, I guess the three of us, we're more otters than twinks. Oh, thank you. It's the angle I'm sitting at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, I will be taking a screenshot, so look for the, the angle on the podcast. I'm a salmon because bears eat me. Ooh. <laughs> I love this. I'm straight. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us, Hannah. I know, I'm so brave. Okay, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We're all laughing, we are having fun. Um, so for today's, for today's HTHT, we're gonna talk about first dates and our weirdest first dates or just weird first dates. It doesn't have to be the weirdest one. So um, who wants to start? I, I, I found notes uh, on my Ross. computer. Uh, so I went on two dates uh, with this guy in June. Oh my God, almost exactly two years ago, two, this day if you had said a year ago i would have been like whoa i thought you just celebrated your one year anniversary uh -huh. i did so this is two years so you can't get mad at me for this um, so uh so i used to have this policy when i would go on dates that like if the first date didn't feel amazing unless i was like completely just grossed out or something i would give 
uh, a second day to go just to be like okay first day jitters are out of the way now i know that that's stupid and if you don't like somebody when you first meet them that's probably a sign oh um, yeah so I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase a lot of these uh, notes that I wrote. So this guy, um, let's call him Gio, because that's his name. Um, his texting always sounded angry, like just like too, like just like very angry sounding, just like uh, not like fun expressiveness in the text, just like mm-hmm. no emojis or anything. Um, uh, he, he joked about murdering children. What? Uh, because Ooh. because I made a joke about like oh yeah like kids are annoying sometimes and he jumped to that um I went to uh his his house that he he was at and he was like being really mean to his dog he was making like jokes about how the dog was like fat and stupid but like not in an endearing way like kind of like do you not like this dog he's emotionally mm-hmm. abusing his dog yep um he also and like we're all comedians but he was like trying really hard to be funny but like it was like re- none of the jokes were landing at all um he also this was like on our second date he was like talking about the future of our relationship and like yeah. and like oh. being decisive while watching tv because like we were having trouble finding something to watch uh, and then last but not least uh his dick was a weird shape it was like ah. a, it was like a gogurt like it, it was like thicker at the top like you had been squeezing the gogurt yeah. Oh, wow. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's deeply upset. Mm. Yeah, it was no mm. fun. I'm trying to think if I've ever... Never mind. Um, he, also, he also, like, lived with his mom, which is not an, a problem uh, if you are. But, like, he, he, like, had a weird, like, contentious relationship. He was like, yeah, like, I took this wine from my mom, so, like, I have to Venmo her money now. And I'm like, okay, calm down. Like, you don't have to tell me anything. A lot of extraneous detail you didn't need. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I'm at your house and we're drinking wine. Like, What's next? Actually watch the movie you invited me over? <laughs> Actually watch the movie that's the pretense of me being here? <laughs> uh, I wish I remembered what we watched because it was probably like some stupid thing that I was like, this night is already terrible and like, I don't, this movie is the icing on the cake of bad. Oh, I hate when they want to watch the movie. I'm like, come on. Like, I thought you were just like... <laughs> Actually, that reminds I went on a different Wait, date. really? Wait, where he, I he know. Found out, you hate he, when they want to watch the movie? Well, yeah, and they're like after a bar, and it's like one thirty in the morning. Oh, I thought you meant like. Movie. I'm like, yeah, I'll come over and watch the shit out of a movie, and then like, oh no, why are you putting it in? It's a VHS. Shit. I got I got dinner with a guy, and he invited me back to his place because he he uh, I told him that I did comedy, and we watched our <laughs> our foreplay was watching an entire Jim Gaffigan special. Uh huh. <laughs> Okay, so how is did you guys know stuff? that I'm the least horny uh, after I'm watching a Jim Gaffigan special? <laughs> I'm unhorny from that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next um, time you get rid of an erection, I will think of you telling the Jim Gaffigan story. <laughs> it was not a hot pocket. <laughs> oh. Oh boy. Okay. Well, on that note, I'm going to tell my date story because apparently. Um, we're rude and we make the guests go last. Um, no, I'm not kidding. I'm just kidding. Really. I'm basically so, a guest this episode. Yeah, you guys are. Listen, does anyone want to go next or should I? <laughs> oh, Hannah, you're ready. Go for it. Do it. Mine's short. Okay, so um, I went out with this guy and we had met on a dating comedy show. He was a contestant and I was one of the comedians. But plot twist, he didn't pick me. He picked someone else and then he came backstage and met me and asked the host for my number. And I was like, HT's got it. Yeah. Anyway, so this was like March of maybe 2018. 
and it was really warm. It was like a really warm night. We met at a bar and I kind of could tell already. He just like, we just didn't, we were just different, like vibe. It was just a vibe thing, but, um, he was pretty hot. So <laughs> I was like, whatever. So we ordered like some appetizers and he was saying like how warm it was all day and how he didn't have his coat on or like, we were just talking about the weather. And I was like, I know it's crazy. The earth is on fire. Like whatever. NBD. And he was like, yeah, it's environmental damage and fucking global warming and whatever. And I said, and it sucks that our president won't do anything about it. But then I left it there. Or no, 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 wait, wait. I'm telling this story wrong. I said something <sighs> about global warming. And then he said, and our president won't do anything about it. That was, that was why this got weird. So I was like, I know, right? It's crazy. Um, that guy's the worst. Like, I can't. And I think I said, like, I can't believe he's the president. Like, it just sucks. Like, this is the last thing I wanted. And he was like, I mean, actually, I was like, oh, okay. So you voted for Donald Trump is what you're saying. And he was like, well, let me just like explain. And I was like, oh, why did I, yeah. Why did I get mozzarella sticks? I just want to eat those and go. Um, So he tries to appeal to me, assuming I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. He tries to appeal to me in that way well, like I was really pro Bernie and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Bernie's great. Would have voted for him if he had won the primary, but I donated to Hillary Clinton's campaign the day she announced it. So you are barking up the wrong tree, my friend. I'm so sorry. Um, But then I kept saying to him, like, we don't need to talk about this. We really don't need to talk about this. We can just talk about whatever. That's not this. Um, And he kept going. And I think he like clearly felt some remorse. So, hey, Brian, make the right choice this time. Um, That's what you were hoping to do on this date, fix some guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like hear his guilt. Like, listen, <laughs> I done, I've done fucked up shit too, but let's Whoa, just like enjoy. <laughs> yeah, but the kicker was that then after that conversation, shortly after we like kind of wrapped that up, I was already at this point like, okay, well, I just need to eat and go. And then the bar started quizzo. So like we were just like <laughs> stuck in this quizzo game and like, it was a great excuse not to have to talk about ourselves at all or try to connect as people. But the only round he knew anything was Disney trivia. Like he didn't know anything else, anything else. And listen, I'm not judging. If it were Harry Potter trivia, I would know every fucking thing and probably not know about like science and shit. But Wow, what an impression. What a first date. And that sounds um, somehow he, less sexy than a Jim Gaffigan special. Yeah, he <laughs> might be the one that got away, but I'm pretty sure uh, I'm good. Anyway, that was my date story. What do you guys got? Oh, I'm still narrowing it down. Like, I uh... <laughs> I'm short. Mine is very short. Um, I, and that uh... was the problem? <laughs> <laughs> Ross, I thought of like the same thing. I was like, dick joke, dick joke. <laughs> Don't want no. Okay, so I I used to work, <laughs> sorry. I used I used to work at the mall um, when I was nineteen twenty. Yeah, what 19, store? Twenty years old, huh? What store? Oh, uh, I worked at the H and M. Nice. Right, right before I moved to Philly in two thousand three, I worked at the H and M at the Galleria Crystal Run in, in Middletown, New York. And so I got uh, involved in the, you know, the gay clique of the mall, like you do. So I had mm-hmm. my little mall friends and the people at the mall I buy weed from mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the guys at the mall that I would date. And I started with um, a manager at Spencer's Gifts, but uh, he, he got fired because he was stealing. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna go mute. I think it was like a Cartman plushie or something like that. Like it was really dumb. <laughs> I guess he did not respect Spencer's authority. <laughs> Ross, you're on fire. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> Sometimes Ross has these episodes where he is just like pun, 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 pun. It's like it's yeah. Like, I also anyway. got day drunk today, so like now I'm coming down. So. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know you were drunk. That's fun. Okay, so back to the Cartman plushie. And I also dated a guy who worked at the Sunglass Hut across the hall from the H&M. Ooh. Um, and he was, oh, he was really cute. Um, but then it didn't work out with him either. So I uh, started flirting with the guy who worked at the PacSun. Oh, PacSun guy. Yeah, PacSun guy. So he was like tall, skatery, of course, right? I mean, of course, mm-hmm. the skatery thing. And I thought he was cute. So like he told like one of my friends he thought I was cute and he wanted to go out you know and hang out or whatever and I was like all right mm-hmm. uh, but I really didn't know him at all so but we agreed to like go on this date so we meet up at the food court mm-hmm. and we both and I go and get my bourbon chicken uh, which was my that was my thing bourbon chicken and he got his like Roy Rogers or whatever and we get to our table and we sit down and we put our trays down and he leans over and he's like so we're boyfriends now what. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like that was this opening thing. Like, okay, so we're boyfriends. No, <laughs> no. Oh my no, god, we're not boyfriends. Did and you we spit were... out your bourbon chicken? <laughs> <laughs> did you swap it just for bourbon? Yeah, I was like, no, I just did a shot of it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, did you end up becoming boyfriends? No, no, no. We we did end up becoming great friends eventually. Um, after cool. he was done being mad about that. Uh, he, but he was a very, he was, you know, dramatic, but he was a sweetheart. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine if some, if I sat down at a table with a guy I didn't really know and he just said, so you're my girlfriend now? I'd be like, <laughs> are you going to murder me? That's <laughs> the right answer. That's a nice <laughs> how do I get out? How do I get off this table, away from this table? That's nice about the gay community. Like, it's happened, like, once or twice that, like, I went on a, a couple dates with somebody and it didn't work out, but now we're just, like, legit friends. And, like, it's fun when that works out. That's happened to me as a straight person, just saying. I try to make friends with people. Not my exes, though. They're mostly crazy. But random dudes I dated for a little while. Let's stay in touch. Um, all right, Michael, you got one for us? Oh, God. Uh, I've been trying to, like, think of, like, any of them. I remember once I went on this date. And it was just, it was doomed from the start. Like, um, I drove to this guy's neighborhood to meet him. And we went to go get coffee. Mm-hmm. And, um... I didn't really tell, like, like in dating profiles, I don't like put a ton out there about myself because mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like putting in like social media accounts because all of a sudden it's like, you know, when you're a comic and then people just kind of draw a lot of conclusions. <laughs> before yeah, it's so start. funny. I put it in my accounts all the time and I'm almost certain at least one person listening to this podcast right now met me on Bumble. So, um, <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so glad you like it. Um, but anyway, continue. So you don't put a lot of information because you're classy. I don't know, just, I'm kind of guarded in general. So it's like, it takes yeah. me a while to even kind of want to go on a date with somebody. So, um, I remember like I was going to go to an open mic later mm-hmm. that evening so I was meeting up with him to have so I was just like it's I'm getting to, I'm going to hang out with a stranger and mm-hmm. at the time I was like 37 38 so I was just like I'm I don't need to like devote my entire night to this date I'm like we'll go and hang yeah. for two hours and if I want more after this then we or vice versa then we can 
work through that later. Um, right, for sure. And I think it's a good way to go into a first date sometimes, have somewhere else to go afterwards. Oh, that is my favorite thing to do. Yeah, have an escape plan. And um, so I mentioned, I didn't mention what I had planned. I just kind of left it like, I was just like, I have plans later. Do you want to get coffee at first? Because I don't know this person. They don't need my life. Right. <laughs> so we met up and um, and we were getting along okay. We were waiting in line. There was nowhere to sit. So he's like, well, if you want to come hang out at my place, I live a couple blocks away. We can sit out back on my deck and um, have coffee mm -hmm. there. And I was like, sure, that seems uh, fine enough. Because I, I, we got along okay, but like I still didn't really, I didn't get a good feel on him. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, look, we're not going to hook up. <laughs> um, so we're having coffee or whatever. And like he had a, like, the screen door into the kitchen he had uh his cat appeared suddenly it was this very very old cat mm -hmm. and he left it out on the deck and um we're chatting and then at one point in the conversation he's just like oh so you said you had plans later like uh he started like probing to see what i had going on <clears throat> i'm like well i'm actually going to i have an open mic to do stand up i have a show in a couple of days and i just wanted to go and stretch and try some stuff or whatever yeah it's like, oh, you're a comic. And then he kind of had a very hard definitive stop to a comic. And then he said to me, well, usually I'm the funny one. And <laughs> I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> yeah, right? That's the, your jaw's been open a Good long job. time. job. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Congratulations. I, I didn't know what to even do with that information. And then like, I got ex machina by the ancient cat. So as I'm like paused, as we're both like now in a, a we're in a lingered silence because I didn't even know what to say. Um, what I wanted to say was, well, can I be the sad one then? <laughs> a lot of that. And um, more where that came from, babe. So all of a sudden the cat starts convulsing. And yeah, so the cat starts convulsing and then I have to take this cat to the emergency. Like, so the, he wants to go to the emergency event. So all of a sudden this date turns into a whole thing. And then he, we get in the car and um, <clears throat> we're driving there and like, he's like texting the whole time. The cat's like 23 years old. Like the cat was some, like if the cat was on its way out, it wasn't, you know, childbirth. <laughs> like right, 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 right. This cat was at the end of the road. And um, all of a sudden this other dude shows up at the emergency vet and it's like his ex-partner whom he had joint custody with the cat. So it becomes this whole weird- Oh my God. The three of us, like we're on a first date. This is his ex we has a cat with. And like, I, the guy didn't have a car and I did. So I was just like, well, obviously I'm not gonna be like, oh, ugh, the cat's dying sucks. I'll go, <laughs> thanks though. Oh <laughs> I'm gonna be an ass and not drive him. Yeah. This was like before I met my ex, Alex. Like this was like sort of in like that period of time. Okay. Um, so yeah, and it was just, it, it, then they ended up going into the back and I was just like, well, they can probably get a lift. Like, I didn't know what to do. Cause it's just like, I didn't want to like text them. Yeah, like, no, I, I would have like, absolutely left. And then I'm like in this other like weird holding pattern. I'm like, do I leave a note at this front desk to give this, you know, like, Ugh. so I waited for a while and then like an hour passes and then they, I found it, I asked, I was just like, hey, so I came in here with like two other people. Turns out they were let out some side door. They got a lift and left and didn't tell me, but they also had just put down their cat. So I couldn't be like, what a dick. I can't believe they What left. if they didn't know you stayed? Maybe they didn't think you stayed. 
I mean, I don't, I, I don't question it. That is, that can live on in the universe of unanswered questions uh, with other stuff in my life, you know, that <laughs> lives in that, that filing cabinet. So I'm okay. Uh, I don't need closure, but I was just like- <laughs> I'm like trying to get to the time, bottom of it. <laughs> I mean, that's the irony of it. It's just it's like the whole time I'm sitting there stressing, I'm like, should I just text him and be like, hey, I'll leave. Like, I don't want to intrude or whatever. And yeah. Uh, and then the longer I waited, I'm like, am I more of an asshole for texting him now? Like I had this whole inner, <laughs> inner chaotic argument with myself about what to do. And then I found that they left. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so we never talked again. <laughs> and uh, that, was a, that was an awful date. Well, look at us now. We're all super hot and killing it. And yeah. to those, to all the haters out there, to, to my haters <laughs> and their elderly pets. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> uh, of pets, I need to go because I need to take. Yes, uh, we're we're wrapping up. Banjo, oh, yeah, I my... forgot we're not just. Shooting shit. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's like, all right, I gotta go. Great Zoom call, everybody. Oh my god, this was so good to see you um, guys. Yeah, no. <laughs> I do. Thank you. I know. Okay. Thank you guys. Go, go, go. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for coming on. Alejandro, Michael, Ross, you're the best. I love you guys. Um, and everybody, stay safe. Um, uh, be well. And, um, and Black Lives Matter. Woo! Go happy pride. Bye. This has been Keep You Posted. Hosted and executive produced by Hannah Trav. Produced and edited by me, Ross Wiseman. Our art and logo is by Kristen Finger, and our music by Graham Trav. For a list of our sources from the episode, bonus content, and to get in touch with us, visit us at www.keepyoupostedpod.com. <laughs>